Welcome to The Open Door with Kelly and Kelly, brought to you by Collective Creations and Legendary Living Arts. Each week, join us for discussions on spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical health with guests from all walks of life. We invite you to connect. I got singing goals for my birthday. <laughs> so that's one of them. So I play. I was like, <laughs> I said to Kelly, like I'm gonna play it at the beginning. We might do some meditation. Got a, got a beautiful too. tone. Yeah, yeah that one has a really nice one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome again to the show. Welcome to the open door. We are Kelly. I'm Kelly. Real smiley here. Yeah. <laughs> Today we want to talk. We're gonna try to keep it again to 30 minutes because that that's not too bad because we could yeah. talk for a long time. Yeah. But. On the topics of triggers, trauma, because they can, your trauma, your triggers can feel very much like being traumatized again, and what inner work actually means. Yeah. Because there's a lot of misunderstandings about that, what inner work actually means. Inner inner work and shadow work. A a lot of people get into the mental analysis game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they get caught and stuck in the mental analysis Mm -hmm. game and they never see beyond it. Well, it's how you spiritually bypass yourself too, right? Because exactly. you can read a self-help book, yeah. but if you don't actually know how to apply the tools in that book yep. or how to not just think about them, because we can learn things in our brain, like conceptualize them, yep. but that doesn't mean that we feel it and then integrate it into or actually, our body. Yeah, or actually even understand how to apply it right. truthfully or honestly. Yeah. Because let's take physical movement, for example, because the other day... If you watch some of our social media channels, I did a cartwheel. <laughs> yep. Now, I can still do a cartwheel that's technically almost perfect, like it is. Oh, yeah. I, you have gym, awesome like, yeah. cartwheels. Because I actually like, had one of geez. my old teammates was like, oh, my God, you still have perfect form. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, but my body's totally changed. Like, it's just yeah. totally different. But that's the, the, you can understand conceptually when you watch someone do a cartwheel. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. I can yep. see it. But to take that and then translate it into your body movement, that actually takes some skill. But it takes practice and repetition. Yes. So you have to start off with drills. You There's certain flexibility that you need. There's strength that yep. you need. Yep. There's um, a few different drills. Like, gosh, I've taught cartwheels to hundreds of children in my lifetime. <laughs> so it's like, I know the steps and there's the way that you have to do it so you don't hurt yourself and all this yep. stuff. And it's so it's not just looking at it and understanding that that is a cartwheel yep. or even reading it on paper because you can read yep. about the technique on paper, but being able to feel it, conceptualize it, integrate it into your body because you really have to practice it to go, oh, this is... A beginner kind of cartwheel. Oh, this yep. is refinement. It's the constant refinement, yep. which is why when I got into quote unquote inner work years ago, I love the refinement. Right. Like I'm not afraid to look at my ego. In our last podcast, we we're talking about people whose egos get triggered, and they yep. run away from it. Yep. Where I've, I'm pleasantly stubborn. I think, as Kelly said, or yeah. something. L- that I <laughs> stubborn in the most lovely way. <laughs> lovely way. That I will continue to look at my ego because I want to know where that thing came from. Where did that belief come from? Yeah, you you and I I are, want to know. Yeah, like you, I don't want to run away you from You and it. I are it's both kind fun. of the kind of people who <laughs> probably if 
there is a burning building and people inside of it, we'll probably run into the burning building to see if we can help. Yeah. You yeah. and I, you and I don't run away from. We run into our own burning building. We run into our own building. Say, <laughs> we light stuff on fire inside yeah. our our brains and go. Yeah. Oh, we need to like dig this out. Let's go and find stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've always been one of these people. That's like when I realize that there's something in me that I need to fix, or that I, I you know, growing up mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, like growing up with asthma that almost killed me, what, because of the fear and my body not being healthy or strong enough to deal with it. I went out and found mm-hmm. tools mm-hmm. that made my body and my mind strong and healthy and cured myself of my asthma because mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't believe in being a victim. I do not believe in letting myself be helpless. That there's nothing you can that do. That there's nothing I can do. And I'm like that too, though, in my whole life. I, Especially with fear, I didn't like to feel afraid. Yeah. I would watch other people be afraid and I'm... And, I mean, I admit openly that I used to suppress emotions because I'm like, I didn't want to be afraid. Yep. I was like, no, if I wanted to do something, I'm the only one that can do it. So, I mean, I I had a lot to unravel that way, you know, when I had suppressed emotions. But I am the kind of person that I'm like, no, like, I want to get... Understand the why. I want to understand. I don't want anything to stop me from doing the things that I want to do. And understanding how you create your own resistance to things is really important. Yes. And that's part of... Okay, so let's start off with the trauma and the trigger. Because recently, I was talking with someone, and it was one of my children. We'll say that. And they were triggered by something I had said. And they didn't have the full context of everything, which we worked it out. But once we did, one of the questions that they were saying is, I don't understand because I know I'm triggered, but it feels exactly like the trauma. And that's the whole point of an emotional trigger. Because when you can understand that the trigger is not the trauma, that's when you can step into observation and not repeat your pattern of behaving the same way because at one point in time you were traumatized either in a big way or a series of small ways that built up to something and we have coping mechanisms or we have ways of reacting when we get triggered and this is the thing is that when someone triggers you you have to be able to step back and go am I actually being traumatized by this person Again, or is this just a trigger? So, the most basic way to understand trigger is if someone says something or you see something and it upsets you. That's the most basic way of explaining what a trigger is. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of things that can trigger a lot of different people a lot of different ways. No one person has exactly the same reaction, response or history with trauma or triggers that anyone else will have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why being able to step back to observation is so important. Being able to identify within yourself that moment when you get triggered, when you get upset and want to get angry or get triggered into feeling fear or judgment or anxiety, you need to understand that that's the moment. And that moment is exceptionally pivotal because that is where... You want to hold space against the trigger. You're not rejecting it. You're just controlling your mind, 
controlling your emotions, controlling your body, controlling your thoughts, and controlling your speech so that you do not let that trigger influence your internal world or your external world. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, no, I've, I've really had a lot good. of practice. You've had a lot of practice. <laughs> I've had yeah. a lot of practice. No, I have had a lot of practice too. And it is hard to step back because I remember and I've used that this example is when you've triggered me a few times. And yep. we were talking about that in the last podcast too is when we met. That's why you called me stubborn in the most lovely way. Yeah. I like that one. That'll be on my... Lovely stubbornness. We'll make that... Let's make a t-shirt. Not a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. That... It, it was difficult because I had to look at the fact that here's this kind person standing in front of me and you said something that triggered me to feel a way that I used to feel in a previous relationship. Uh-huh. And I did know logically that you were not doing that to me. Because I had no idea. Because you didn't. I had no idea. And I'm like, he has no idea about this thing that has triggered me to remember this incident. So he had no way of knowing that. And I had to not react to what you said in anger or to blame you because you had no idea. Yeah. So that's really the, the key with people is that you have to understand that your shadow and your ego, those are two other, you know, things that play, like to play together, that when your ego is triggered emotionally, you have to recognize, it. like, is this person actually traumatizing me or is this coming up because I can actually work at releasing it? Yeah. Because you're, you weren't doing that to no, I was, me. Yeah, there's no malicious You intent. just said I, something... I that until, and, triggered a memory or a feeling, and I went, "Oh crap! I really feel like shit right now." Yeah, and, and, but, and, and but I, you I, I didn't remember do it when to you me. explained yeah. you explained what was going on in your head. I was just yeah. like, "I was like, oh my god! I'm like so sorry. I was not like, yeah. I'm just like, exactly. I was just asking, yeah. a, you know, question. But I just get it. Asking a question because the mm-hmm. triggers, and it can be someone completely different, and it can be years, years beyond the initial trigger or trauma mm-hmm. experience slash event." And someone completely random says something, but it can be the, exactly the same words with a completely different intent, or it can be about a subject that is triggering, but it's mm-hmm. a completely different person, and you know, you know there's no malicious intent. Mm-hmm. It's just an honest question. Right. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, until you explained to me what was going on and what had happened in that past relationship, mm-hmm. I was just like, I was like, whoa, wow, okay, um... But I'm surprised at how many people consider themselves light workers. Yeah. Or energy workers or healers. And their ego gets triggered, emotionally triggered, Uh and they run away because, well, this person asked me a question. Because a lot of times people don't like being questioned because society, family, teachers, coaches, whatever it might be, are always questioning whether or not you're good enough. Yep. Are you good enough? Yep. Are you doing enough? Are you whatever? And so when someone asks you a question, people get triggered to go, well, why do I have to explain myself to you? I don't have to explain myself to you. But that yep. right there is a reaction. And defense mechanism. That's a defense mechanism. And that's what you have to examine. Yep. Why do I feel that I have to defend myself? Yep. Where does that story come from? that I need to defend myself Mm -hmm. to this person who's just asking me a question. Because when you examine that story, then you can understand 
oh, this came from somewhere else. And if that person who triggered you doesn't want to talk about it, well, then maybe they are doing that to you. Yep. However, a lot of times people get triggered. They'll run away from the trigger because they, they just go, oh, well, they're just doing that to me too. And it's like a lot of times people are not actually traumatizing you. That's right. But you're triggered to feel that way, and it's the miscommunication because, A, you're not hearing your own story. Yep. And then you're allowing your reaction to this unconscious story to then color your communication with that person. Yeah, and hijack your thoughts, hijack your emotions, and you start telling yourself a story to be able to erect a wall and and be defensive and to uh, rationalize judging the other person and being angry mm-hmm. at them for making you feel a certain way. Yeah. And I've had I've had people actually run away from me when I'm trying to create a safe environment with them. Yeah, I've, and, I've and, watched that, yeah. Right? And communicate mm-hmm. in a very loving way and trying to express how I just want them to know that they're safe, that they can, you know, whenever they're ready, talk or whatever. But I've had people blow up in my face or literally run out the door. Yeah, there, there's a meme that I've seen a few times lately, and maybe that's why, mm-hmm. that, how does it go? Something that you are not, you're healing not to handle the trauma, because the trauma's already happened. You've exactly. already dealt yep. with it yep. in, in whatever coping way that you had. Yep. You're healing to handle the joy, because your nervous system is used to trauma. Yep. And you keep, and it's so hard because I know yeah, when I understood yeah. that I was actually recreating my own trauma with people yeah. because I was not speaking up for myself or I was not communicating well or I heard the story that I was actually creating it over and over inside of myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's hard to take. Right. That's devastating. That's an ego death. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Brutal, brutal. And it feels devastating to know that you. You know, someone else may have traumatized you when you were a child. You are the one hitting teenager, your head against the wall. But you keep doing it to yourself yeah. because yeah. you're not yeah. healing. Yeah. And when you want to handle... And then everybody always says they want more love and they want more joy in their life. But we actually run away from that. Yep. We run away from those better things in life because <laughs> we're not used to it. We're actually used to the trauma. We are we would rather have that in our nervous system because yep. we're used to that. Exactly. But you we, have but to commit. rewire yourself to handle joyfulness and love. What people Real don't love. understand is they get addicted to the recycling of the pain. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system gets used to it. It's just like any other addiction except this is very insidious and subtle where it is straight up emotional and mental energy that your nervous system has gotten so used to recycling over and over and over again, it cannot recognize anything else. And when you get presented with something that is completely different, supportive, and completely out of the box of trauma and actually about joy and safety, people can lose their shit and -hmm. run away. And yeah. I've had that happen to me many times. Mm-hmm. It was sort of one of the one of the big gifts that my my ex wife gave me by staying stuck the way she did mm. is this profound, in many different situations, a super profound learning experience of all the different ways a person can run from being safe, yeah, and run from being loved because. 
the patterns that she and I were stuck in that we would break and some and sometimes step out of, and then I finally mm-hmm. realized that there was a six month pattern and mm-hmm. that we were hurting our each other, yeah. and that we needed to literally just separate and no longer be together because as hard as we worked, we were still stuck. And she also had a really hard time seeing her work that she needed to do. Um, But again, it was one of uh, an incredible gift on my journey to be with this person, to have the repetition and the growth happening Mm -hmm. while she stayed stuck and unhappy. Right. And I didn't realize what I was doing to myself, believing that I could change her. If you if just, I, if if I you just, just worked hard enough. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it works yeah. on both sides of the coin in a relationship. Yeah. And when I realized that that's what I was doing to myself mm-hmm. and how that was perpetuating all of the cycles, yeah. Yeah. that's when I was like, no, we are just hurting ourselves. We're going to keep doing this if we do not end everything. Yeah. Well, that can be really difficult, right? I mean, because I, I did the same thing within my relationship is that, you know, my oldest daughter's now 25 and around that time, that's when I had a health scare that, you know, perpet- or propelled me yes. uh, into doing this work, into energy work and, and everything. So as I did my own work and then you start to see the patterns in yourself and you start to see the patterns within your relationship. And I've said this before, too, on the podcast that I didn't leave my husband because I didn't love him, but I loved both of us enough to not keep putting us through this because people grow at their own rate. Yep. And he was growing, yep. but we were not growing together. And when you're not really growing together, it you're not compatible anymore. Nope. Right? And yep. and that's that's okay. Oh, absolutely. It's okay yep. To, yep. to take yourselves out of that situation to make it healthier for both of you and you know it's a hard it's a it's a really hard thing to do well i mean it's hard to see let alone actually make the decision yeah but once you actually commit right um and that was really hard like realizing the the triggers and the trauma and the recycling process Mm -hmm. and this is sort of one of the things that people don't understand where they can mentally analyze and experience and they can convince themselves that they understand because they've thought about it. But mm-hmm. thinking about it does not necessarily equate feeling the depths of the story that you have told yourself or that you are holding on to or that you are allowing to exist inside your head, inside your heart, connected to this repetition and the recycling and the addiction to this trauma and the stories surrounding it. Yeah. And it's really, it takes practice. It mm-hmm. takes practice with little things, little triggers first, before you yeah. build that toolbox that allows you to go deeper and to address core issues uh, of huge, you know, family-inherited programming or huge lenses from society and culture in terms of how you view mm-hmm. politics or sex or religion or spirituality or just life in general. Yeah. And... It's really important to understand that stepping back into observation takes practice. And it's not always successful until Mm -hmm. you learn, until you practice and you give yourself enough discipline 
to make it instinctive where it's not a thing that you need to think about. You instinctively go into observation whenever you feel information coming up to the surface, whenever you feel a deep emotional state rising to the surface, whenever you feel triggered, or whenever you're around other people who are obviously not as conscious or aware or doing their work where they're obviously talking, you know, in drama and addicted to the emotionally negative uh, expressions that are out there, you need to understand that it takes practice to be resilient and to build that internal fortitude. Well, and a lot of people, it's easy to look outside of ourselves and see people in drama and go, well, I don't want to be part of that drama. But if you can see that drama, is there something about yourself and your own life exactly. that is mirrored in you? Because yep. when you can see those things, it's always good to question yourself and go, what does this, this say about me? Yeah, what, what, sto- like, what stories? Yeah, like there's sometimes, because I'm not a jealous person, right? But there will be times where I will have, oddly, jealousy. And it doesn't happen very often. So, and usually when that comes up, you're the first person I talk to. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I saw this person post this about what they're doing, and I'm like, why do I feel jealous? Yeah. Because jealousy has never been something for me that I've, it's never been a ruling emotion for me, generally. Yeah. Judgment, oh yeah. Like, yeah. years ago. Well, which, which is a whatever, symptom of anger. You know. So, yeah. yeah. So, I'm like, okay, so yeah, what am, if I'm jealous, if I'm feeling jealous, like, what am I angry yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. What am I upset about yeah. that I perceive that I don't have? that this person, because it's never about the other person. It's like, what is it that I'm... And this is really... That's, like, the root of, like, inner work. Yes. It's not just reading a book and understanding concepts, because you can understand concepts without knowing how to really apply them Yeah, you can intellectually understand things without ever applying anything for real. Yeah, you can read, like, a 100,000 books on spirituality. I mean, there's so many. I mean, a lot of the gurus and people right now like they're not the first people to come along and talk about this ever you know even 20 30 years before anybody who's popular now oh yeah there's decades and you know hundreds of like there's lots of people but anyway back to uh this inner work it's not just the concepts it's knowing how to apply them but also when you're triggered your emotions they're not just a feeling in your head. That's right. They're a feeling in your body. Yep. When you get nervous, right? We talk about butterflies. That is a physical feeling for an emotion. When you're sad, what hurts? Sometimes you get a stomachache. Maybe your heart hurts when you're sad. Like, so it's also recognizing that you can have physical reactions to things without the emotion present. As you're doing this work. So it's really important yep. when you're starting to recognize, when you're starting out especially, because there's so many people that are waking up, quote unquote, yep. more and more right now, that when you're doing this work is when you feel an emotion, like I get angry about something or I get jealous, uh-huh. where do I feel it in my body at yep. the same time? Yep. So yep. I feel it if I'm angry, sometimes it's just a headache, a specific headache that I can get, usually for me. Some people feel anger in, you well, know, in their, their, in stomach, their stomach, or their, yeah. right? Yep. So it's important to note that because it might feel different for different things. It's a very physical experience as well as the emotional one because emotion is yes. vibration. Yes. And what do your cells 
you're basically you're, a walking yeah. frequency. Yeah, you're basically right? a walking antenna. Yeah. And and th- this is a really super important point because most people will bottle all their emotions up and do the mental analysis and think that they've actually done some work. And they've never really looked at the programming. They've never really uh, be- want to believe that they could be... Uh, on the receiving end, that their programming could be causing them to do stupid things to themselves. Yeah. And that they're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. People like to believe that they're in control of their own lives, but unless you've actually looked at your programming culturally, societally, from your family, mm-hmm. the behaviors, the judgments, the opinions of your family especially are very indicative of what kind of programming exists in your family. And this is where karma comes from. Because if you are not aware of how your awareness is being used by your ego and your shadow, then you are building up more and more karma, karmic debt that you then have to unravel either in this lifetime or Mm -hmm. the next one over and over again. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how you are aware of your awareness and how you are using your awareness or not using your awareness to be more conscious and mindful. Yes, good and bad things, good and bad behaviors have an aspect to your karmic development and release from karma, but it all boils down to how much you are aware of your awareness, of your mind, of your heart, and specifically your body, because your body is what transmutes and translates all of the information around you and inside of you Mm -hmm. all at the same time. Your body is what stores all of the information. And how your your head and your heart communicate with your awareness and how your awareness communicates with you in turn. Mm-hmm. So being aware of what kind of thoughts affect or create tension in your body is super important. What kind of people mm-hmm. affect you physically, affect your mind, your, your desire to either be angry or lash out or actually be in observation. Mm-hmm. It's super important to track all of those things. Yeah. Every last little detail matters because it then influences how you are aware of how you are using your awareness and your choices, whether or not they're being made through fear or through observation and loving kindness. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's a very inner, like when I use inner work it's because what is happening inside in my body that's right because we often don't think about how emotions affect our organs right on paper people can like when we talk about in different courses and different um, modalities where different uh, emotions are stored in the organs Mm -hmm. conceptually Mm -hmm. we know this yep but what does it feel like to you? Exactly. Like you and I know oh, when our spleen actually twinges, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my liver is kind of, you know, we, we're very aware of our inner landscape yes. even though we can't physically see it. Yep, yep. That, oh, my, my but you can intestines, feel it. You can but you feel can feel. in yeah. ways that your eyes can't. Right. And in some ways it's a lot better than your eyeballs because your eyeballs can look at your hand and they'll see the shape of your hand and the outline of your hand and your fingers and all that. Even if you wiggle your fingers, they'll see everything happening in your hand. But your eyeballs are just registering the 3D reality of the external 
and not actually what's going on inside your hand. Mm-hmm. And the way that you understand what's going on inside your hand is, oh, there's a burning sensation. Your eyes can't see the burning sensation, but you can feel it. Feel it, And yeah. the way that it burns or where mm-hmm. it's located, like around a joint, yeah. oh, maybe that's, you know, maybe I, I pull it or, or mm-hmm. I jam my thumb or something like that. Yeah. Looking at your thumb, you wouldn't know it. Yeah. Well, this is where, too, this, this point is where we give our power away, right? Yeah. Because we're not listening to our body. We're not feeling into it. We're not actually going inside. That's right. And we give our power away because we don't feel what's happening in our body until we're really in pain. Yep. Or when we're, you know, sick or whatever. Yep. Something. Or when something breaks. When something breaks and yep. we're like, oh, dang. And there's a problem. And there's a problem. And then we go to a doctor or something and it's like, oh, Give me something to fix this. But the thing is, you've had little signs along the way. Yep. Your body's always trying Your to talk to you. Your body's always trying to talk to you yep. if you learn how to listen. Exactly. And this is, for me, this is why I, I, I didn't talk to you about this. I'm like, why don't more people want to, want to do this? Like, I mean, people are yep. starting and yep. everyone has to start somewhere. But really, it's, this is, this is the work. It is. This is the work. This is going inside. This yep. is feeling your body. This is, you know, a few months ago, I'll use the example where my heel started to hurt. Yep. And I had, um, I was like, well, it's not tendonitis because I've had that. Mm-hmm. And it was more fascia related in a particular spot. But I was like, well, I knew intuitively it's like, that's a symptom. Where is this coming from? That's just a symptom that I've been ignoring something yep. or I've been overdoing yep. something. Yep. And really it was coming from my hips and then there's another yeah, part where it's like yeah. oh well because of my surgery it's really yeah. the fascia in my abdomen yeah. is so tense yeah. that me doing more workouts the way I was doing was actually creating more tension in my body when I really needed to release more oh. and now that I've actually gone to I listened and I went to get help with that I don't mm-hmm. have the pain mm-hmm. in my in yeah, my yeah. in my foot right but I didn't know that I wasn't really hearing. I thought I was doing good things for me because I wanted to, you know, quote unquote, get back into shape and all this stuff. But then I'm like, oh, well, maybe I wasn't doing what my body actually needed. And then this is how it manifested was this pain in my foot, which was bothering me. I mean, it was almost three months. Right. Where I was like, what the heck? Nothing seemed to work, but... But except for when you actually went inside and you released some emotional yeah. stories yeah. and discovered From, some emotional yeah. stories. Doing a different therapy. Doing yeah. different therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then I went, oh, and then it yeah. was like, well, my fascia inside, like from being pregnant even. Right. And all my organs had been squished and moved around. Yeah. And people always want to think, <laughs> this is the funny part, right? Every, women especially are like, I just want to get my body back after being pregnant. It never goes back. It never goes back. Even if the outside looks looks fit, yep. inside you're never the same. Nope. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. But if you listen to it, your body will tell you what it needs and how it needs to be sort of quote-unquote rearranged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so because I'd had two surgeries, then that rearranged things, but then it made other things that I hadn't ever addressed pop out. Right. Like, oh, yeah. now you've got this issue. Well, I had it before, but, but I couldn't feel it before. Yeah, because all the pain right. and everything was masked. So it was, yeah, so it's it, the whole process to me is very interesting. But it's also because I, I, I'm continually going inside to feel my inner landscape. Yeah. 
no, exactly. And this is one of the reasons why I love Qigong, and one of the reasons why I'm like so grateful that I was mm-hmm. such a weird kid growing up and why I wanted it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, my asthma almost killed me on numerous occasions, just like really little well, you fire. Well, we're one of a kind, because as a kid, you didn't want to be sick, and you actually researched I, I what loved, to do. I yeah. loved playing with my friends on the schoolyard so much. It was devastating when my asthma got really bad right before I learned Qigong. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't, I could, I couldn't run. Like I, I spent like mm-hmm. about six months before learning Qigong, where I couldn't run anywhere anymore, and I was devastated and just absolutely depressed and upset. Mm-hmm. And then I learned Qigong and it went away. I went, oh my god! Like, just routinely rebalancing the body, training, rewiring mm-hmm. the body, like. How amazing it is! Is it that just spending time with my body and listening, and realizing that I could relax my body and my mind at the same time and get them on the same page, and connect those dots? Yeah, I mean, it changed my life. Yeah. Totally changed my life. But I haven't been sick since either, which so which is like incredible. Mm-hmm. And like <clears throat> I I cannot stress too much. I cannot overstate how important it is to develop a connection with your physical body because when you do that your emotional and mental bodies come into alignment Mm -hmm. and this is the thing i just wanted to touch on when you said that you've never been sick this doesn't mean that you haven't gotten symptoms right because you can get symptoms like let's say like not long ago i woke up and i was like wow feeling kind of stuffed up in my nasal passages a little bit of mm, sore throat but what I did was, when you understand that everything is energy. And information. And information. You don't necessarily need to succumb to it. The no. more you listen yep. to your inner landscape and actually learn how to shift it. So what I do, because I've got texts on it, and I've been doing this for so long, that I was like, why do I feel stuffed up? What am I in my head about? Yes, exactly. And then with my throat, oh, I'm expressing something new for myself. Okay, I can go inside, and by the end of the day, whatever I was feeling, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. So I don't yep. need to succumb to those things, like, either. Now, that's not to say that other people don't, you know, get ill. And I listen, yep. because that day, I'm like, no, I need to sleep. I well, need more sleep, right? And it is different for everyone because of the stages that you're at. Awareness-wise, yes. Awareness-wise. Because it, t- it took mm-hmm. me... I mean, It takes I, a while to it, get there. It takes a while yeah. to get there. And I mean, for me, I had my Qigong and I had my, my Kung Fu. And I was already very healthy and fit when I started to understand how to shift the information. And yeah. shift the energy by letting go of the mm-hmm. fear that something was wrong with my body and realizing, oh, no, I'm stuffed up because my third eye is trying yeah. to release. Right. So let's yeah. go have a hot shower and blow my nose and, and listen yeah, phys- and, yeah. and listen to the stories in my head mm-hmm. to what is going around that's What's stuck. What's going around that's stuck, yeah. yeah. So you, you can get to that level of awareness, but it really starts with understanding. Let's bring it back to the beginning, is understanding that your trauma... Is affecting the way you react to the outside world, and when you're triggered, yep. that the trigger is not the trauma. Yep. And when you understand those two things, and you can step into observation of them, you will know whether or not someone's re-traumatizing you. But it really starts with understanding that you have an ego, 
and your ego will be emotionally triggered. And to always look at the trigger and what's behind that. Yep. What's behind that story. It's like, that's the preparation, really. Exactly. And then exactly. you keep going inside. You keep listening. You listen to then, oh, when I'm triggered and I feel angry or I feel this or yep. that, what else is happening inside of my body? Does my yep. left toe hurt? Yep. I know that sounds weird, but you can actually like, Well, given you, know, you have acupuncture meridians that yeah, are connected to your or, organs yeah, yeah. that store this energy and yeah. your emotions and your body is the physical yeah. repository of all you your information. Anger stuck in your left hip yep. or your right knee, yep. you know? And when you're stretching, you but can suddenly takes, get triggered yeah. because you're you're forcing your body. You're, you're, you're telling your body, okay, we're moving this now. Mm-hmm. And you can suddenly get angry in the middle of like a yoga practice or yeah. even just a walk down the street. Yeah. And the more you listen, then you know, because for me a couple months ago, I was like, no, I need a different therapy. I need something that's going to yes. take me yep. into this these places where I couldn't go. Yep with the other therapies that I was doing and I'm glad that I listened to that so that's Same. the other thing mm-hmm. is that you learn how to then figure out what you need yep. that's different rather than giving your power over to other people or other things and exactly it's about doing your work so you gotta do the work yeah so October the 7th we have a workshop called Break Free and we're actually going to talk more in depth about shadow and ego and tools yeah and the interplay the physicalness of it we're yep. going to go into depth about that there's also going to be meditation and activation energy clearing yep. we've partnered with April from Soul Essentials Healing we've done a couple of events with her and we're excited to, to do that again and then on November 4th and 5th you and I are teaching about aligning with your true self Within relationship, yes, as part of a, a weekend conference mm-hmm. thing, series, whatever they yep. <laughs> want to call it, and so we're going to be talking about how to, you know, listen to that specifically within a relationship. So I'll put some it's links in great. our comments. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm going to do this one more time. Okay, till next time. Thank you for joining us. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. We enjoyed our discussion and hope you did too. Until next time, we are Kelly and Kelly.